And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another episode of Doing the Work, the first show on the Back Home Network covering Indiana women's basketball. I'm your host tonight, Kathy Amos, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jeff Marlowe. Tonight, we are also joined by a very special guest, Chloe Peterson. Chloe has just been assigned to cover the IU women's basketball beat on the Indy Star, and she joined that star, the Star in May. And tonight, we will be talking about the upcoming Big Ten schedule with her. But as usual, we will start our show as we start every show, and that's with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And this episode's banner moment started, for me at least, on September 21st when the full schedule was, was released for the Indiana women. That gave us all a chance to finally dive in and see what is coming for us right around the corner. This was followed up then um, just earlier this week on October 3rd when they released the TV schedule. So now we can all start to figure out what streaming services we need and start adding that in so we can watch every Indiana women's games. And be sure to watch out for some Black Friday specials maybe for any of those streaming services you maybe don't subscribe to because some of them offer some pretty good deals. For example, I heard last year Peacock um, had a 99 cent per month deal for a year. So just keep an eye out for things like that so that you can be sure to support your women throughout the entire year. And our banner moment is brought to you as always by Homefield Apparel. Homefield is constantly releasing new schools or updating their products for schools already in their existing product line. So you're bound to find something for you or anyone in your life that just loves great collegiate gear. And if uh, you don't already have one, you should go out to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME23. It's a new code from what we had in the past. Again, it's HOME23, and you'll get 15% off of your first order. Again, that website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All right. So, Chloe, before we we jump into the schedule and Jeff, let's talk a little bit of some news headlines. So I thought I'll just run through them real quick. And then maybe if each of you want to pick one of them that you really are excited about or want to talk more about, we can we can stop there and and talk a little bit. So first, uh, a practice officially started on September 30th. Um, We have a bunch of Indiana alumni who are playing overseas that began over the past couple of weeks. Um, Again, if you follow us on Twitter doing the work, Um, On Twitter, you will be able to see some updates that Jeff does a great job of keeping us up to date on all of those alums. The Hoosier Hysteria was set for October 20th, so just 16 days from now. Also very exciting. Um, If you don't have season tickets and you're in the Bloomington area, single game tickets went on sale yesterday, October 3rd. And then uh, an exciting one for me was the uh, way too early top 25 preseason rankings came out from ESPN from Charlie Cream. And Indiana was ranked number 10. Um, Other Big Ten opponents are Ohio State at fourth, Iowa at sixth, Maryland at 13th. And then some of our non-conference opponents also are ranked Tennessee at ninth and Stanford at 16th. So already with four Big Ten teams in the top 25, it's shaping up to be quite the conference race again. So, Chloe, as our guest, how about I let you pick anything you want to talk about or anything I didn't mention that I missed, anything that's on your mind? Um, I guess what would mostly be on my mind is uh, Hoosier Hysteria. I've never been. I'm going this year, I guess, for the first time. I hadn't really re- even heard of it <laughs> until I, I started at Indie Star. So I hear yeah. it is a blast, though. 
So I'm kind of excited to go to it for the first time. Yep. Yeah. yeah and we got Gucci Mane playing some this yeah, year too. Yeah. Who? So. That was my reaction when I heard that. And I was like, who? You can tell I'm an old guy. Who? <laughs> Oh, Jeff, you're showing your age. Yes, I am. I am. Who's this guy? So, hey, I just want to kind of go back to uh, the alums playing overseas. And what's exciting with this group is with uh, Tyra, Tyra Bus and Alexa Golbe and, and Grace Berger all playing in Spain. They're going to be matching up against each other at different t- times during the season. So I'm really kind of looking forward to those games. And, and, and I'm trying to figure out a way to figure out exactly how to youtube them stream them a little bit and see if i can get those links published on the in the community and stuff but yeah i'm looking forward to when those you know when some you know iu alums face each other you know and and and, and square off so but and then um, i doubt that's going to be on peacock (laughs) no we'll come back to peacock in a little bit yes i'm sure but anyway uh but and then of course uh amanda amanda cahill's playing in luxembourg still and she's playing one of the best teams in luxembourg this year so but yeah Yeah. so the alums are getting going and and playing i'm the one that was kind of strange was tyra only played about five minutes i don't know whether it was an injury Mm -hmm. or whether it's just because she had just signed with that team like on tuesday or monday right before they played so she was kind of late getting signed but she started and played about five minutes so still trying to figure out a little bit what was going on there but yeah the alums are playing so you know good one and and then like i said you know practice is going there was some uh, some good stuff if uh for those of you who have a pigs account there was a really good thread by a poster on pigs about uh what they saw at a men's and women's practice that the poster had been able to to uh, attend so and Chloe, have you had a chance to go to practice yet? I have not, no. Okay. Yeah, that'll be exciting. Yeah, I've been seeing some great videos out on the Twitter and Instagram accounts as well for the women's basketball accounts. So um, hopefully everyone's been able to see those videos there. They give a, at least a little glimpse into to some practice, but really seeing some a lot of high energy um, practices going up against the, the men's squad, practice squad that we go against and uh, really liking to hear Sydney's name a lot. So that was that was kind of exciting to see that. And that's what I can take away from the what two minute video that we get. <laughs> so not a whole lot there, but Chloe, how about, um, let's take the opportunity to just officially welcome you. Thanks again for joining us tonight. And how about you give us just a little introduction of yourself, your background and kind of how you got to where you are today. Uh, yeah, I went to the university of Iowa and covered mostly Iowa football and women's basketball along with, uh, some other sports for the college newspaper, the daily Iowa there. So I covered Iowa for three years, which was basically the entirety of Caitlin Clark's college career so far. Um, And I went to all of their postseason games to Dallas to watch their whole final four national championship run. So that was, that was an interesting time, not something I was expecting to do, but um, then (laughs) soon after that, like a month later, I came here and I started at Indy Star in May, covering a variety of things like Indy 500, NASCAR. I covered the Indiana Fever for their entire season. And now I'm kind of doing some cult stuff, some high school sports stuff, and then I'll be doing IU in the winter. Yeah. So exciting. Question for you, Chloe, because it's just interesting. You know, it sounds like you had a great experience at Iowa, but was that did they come out to Iowa to kind of recruit or, or, or come to you? Or did you have to come to Annapolis for an interview? How did that work out for you to get the job with Indy star? Um, I actually had an internship with Indy star before this job opened up. So I had a summer internship for this past summer, 2023. Okay. Okay. And then an entry level 
trending sports reporter job opened up, I think it was in March. So I already um, connect, was connected with our sports editor, Nat Newell. So I kind of reached out to him and I was like, hey, what if, <laughs> what if I have this job? And then yeah. I went through the whole interview process and they hired me. Sweet. There you go. It worked out. Nice. Yeah. And you. so did you just say you just graduated from Iowa? Yeah, I graduated in May. In May as well. Okay. So fresh off, uh, fresh out, yeah. of, out of school. So great. Did you grow up in Iowa? I did not. I grew up in Wisconsin, about half an hour away from Green Bay. Yeah. So were you a Badger fan growing up? Uh, yeah. I wasn't really a big college football person growing up, actually. I kind of got more into it as I started covering it. Wait, what's football? No. <laughs> so. Yeah, we don't talk a whole lot of football anymore <laughs> these days in Indiana. So speaking of that, Let's uh, go ahead and jump right into some basketball, um, which is what we're here for. And I think we'll just concentrate on the Big Ten schedule uh, that came out. We'll really focus on those top ten, those top teams that we're expecting. Of course, we'll start here with Indiana. So I'll just give a quick update, um, overview of it, and then uh, I'll let you guys fight over who kind of wants to take a deep dive on your thoughts first. So for Indiana, in terms of double plays against the top teams, they, they do have Purdue, as always, but they also play Maryland, Illinois, and Iowa twice, and they are all expected to be in the top half of the league. From the other top teams, the Ohio State, we only play them one time, and that will be coming up towards the end of the season, um, and it will be away on early February. Um, so overall, though, um, let's just give our overall impressions of the Big Ten schedule, and I, I know I'd let you fight, but Chloe, how, as our guest, <laughs> why don't you go first? Mm -hmm. What are your overall Big Ten conference schedule for Indiana impressions? Um, I think Really, the two games against Iowa could very well determine the Big Ten, like, like the regular season championship, at least. I mean, Iowa lost two very high-impact players in McKenna Warnock and Monica Sinano. Mm -hmm. They do yeah. have a good replacement for McKenna Warnock and Hannah Stelke, but I don't know if they can replace the bond that Caitlin Clark and Monica Sinano had. Even, like, the, I don't know how they could do that, really. But right. it's going, they're still going to be very good. And they're yeah. still, I think, going to be a top 10 team and have a good chance at winning the Big Ten, whether it be Indiana, Iowa, or or, or OSU <laughs> battling yeah. for the top. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do a little bit deeper dive into the Big Ten schedule for IU here. You really look, I thought the first half of the schedule really isn't hard. I really thought the first half, you look at the, you know, they yeah. play they play uh, Rutgers early in December on the road, and then they start the, the rest of the Big Ten schedule for Indiana will start basically New Year's Eve. But I thought, real, I really thought that as first, outside of Iowa, Mm -hmm. at Iowa on the 13th of January. I thought they had a chance to get out to win about the first eight eight out of nine. Now, yeah. me, I think the key weekend, and I agree with Chloe, I think the mm -hmm. Iowa games are going to be really important. I have a splitting with them. We'll talk a little bit about the back end of the schedule a little bit, obviously, here in a second. But to me, though, I think the key for IU women is going to come in that kind of a back-to-back. -back. They go on Wednesday the 31st of January to Maryland, and mm -hmm. then they have to come back and, and turn around and go to on the 4th of February to Ohio State. 
both teams are going to be capable of being at the top of the league. You know, we know Brenda Freeze has, does an outstanding job. Uh, Ohio State lost uh, lost a little bit, but they also have one of the best talents in the league coming back. I, that game, I really think I that's one of the, I, those are two of the games I have us losing in the conference. And I think that's, but it's, again, I think if you can get through there and you're not totally out of the out of the picture, then the last six seven games, Indiana's got a chance to be right there on the last weekend playing for a championship. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing, Jeff, when I was looking at our conference schedule. I really thought that, again, it was a little more backloaded. I don't think it was uh, it's as brutal as last year. Our February last year was oh, incredibly great. tough. Um, I think it's a little better this year. But like you mentioned, you start January 31st with um, Maryland and then you have Ohio State. But then, you know, to finish up, you still have Purdue coming into town. You have Illinois on the road, which, you know, I don't again, after last year, everyone hopefully knows not to sleep on Illinois. Um, you're still at home against Iowa and home mm-hmm. against Maryland. So you still have quite a, a lot of, of top teams in that, you know, late January into February road that we really have to get through. Um, the nice thing is that a number of those harder games in that February, at least in my mind, are, they're at home, right? You got Purdue, Iowa, and Maryland's those of the last February games, they're all at home. So hopefully that gives us an advantage, especially if, you know, our fans continue to show up the way they are expected to with the season ticket sales being up and now single game tickets going on sale. I expect really fantastic home crowds. Um, Chloe, what are your thoughts on kind of the first versus second half January versus February schedule for us? Yeah, I think I agree with both of you. It's kind of, kind of backloaded and kind of was, IU got a, a bad break in having double plays against Maryland and Iowa this year. But I think with Indiana, all of them, it's the kind of thing where all of them could be winnable. Mm-hmm. It just depends on right. what what they're doing and how they how they gel together at the beginning of the season, I guess. Yeah. 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 We do have a few new faces coming in. Of course, we know we have to replace Grace, which everyone understands. I, I think for me, a big wild card are going to be the the two freshmen coming in and our transfer. How do those three three players come in and contribute? Because some of the things, you know, Jeff and I have talked about a lot over the, the couple of years doing this podcast is just the lack of depth that we've really been able to show going into deep into the conference. We tend to tighten up to a six or seven player rotation and can can we can we maybe go a little deeper with you know Lene and Jules coming in and um and with our, our transfer coming in? Can you know she help to give Max some of that rest? Um, especially once we get to conference play. I think it's gonna be very important as we saw last year going into the you know March play for Mac to be healthy. I think she needs rest early on. But Jeff, what else do you have on your mind about the schedule? Well, I think the part the part that I liked about the last seven games is that what I kind of focused on. When we were preparing the run sheet was, um, yeah, we have some tough games at home. But if you look at the road games, yes, Illinois is not going to be easy. But Wisconsin, it, again, on paper, we still got to play the games. But on paper, Wisconsin should not be near anywhere near the top of the league, and Northwestern shouldn't be anywhere near. So, so you'd like to think that you'd be able to take care of business, maybe get out of those two places on the road, those, both those games on the road there and hope you can be able to get out of, get out of there with 12, 13 point victories and not have to play everybody 36, 37 minutes um, with that. Um, Now let's face it. We still got to play games on the, uh, on the floor. And so some of these teams may actually 
show us that they've made some improvement and we're going to have to play a little bit more of a difficult schedule. But um, I just, I, I just really like the fact that, like you said, you get some of the tougher games at home at the end, you got to hold home court. If you want it, my opinion, the league's always the same way has been the way yeah. I treat the men. You got to win at home. If you, you almost got to run the table at home and then try to steal as many as you can on the road. And that's how you win the league. So you got, you just, you know, those games at home are to me, I hate to say must wins, but at the end of the season, if you're still in the battle for the big 10 title, they're must wins. Yeah, I agree. Um, so focusing then on some of those away games that we have um, that maybe might take people by surprise. I, I think, you know, again, Nebraska is the one we need to watch out for. And I'll credit Ari in the chat here to for reminding us for Penn State. Um, McKenna Marisa now has help from um, Ashley Owosu who's now coming back to the Big Ten and playing for Penn State. So I, we, we can't uh, – <laughs> Owosu, we can't um, – we can't, I think those two teams in particular can't discount. And we've already talked about Illinois. Those are some of the three games and on the road. On Purdue to... on the road is not going to be easy. For a Purdue's lot of teams. never easy. Yeah. No matter how we handled them last year <laughs> on the road, we can't forget that it is still Purdue on the road. But Chloe, what are your thoughts on some of those away games that, that maybe might sneak up on us? Yeah, I think I was thinking about this before that Illinois and Purdue could very well be trap games mm. for Indiana yeah. like they seem like you can win them on paper but those could very well be sneaky and Nebraska Nebraska gave Iowa last year a pretty big yeah showdown on their home court so it, they can compete on their home court and they're really good at it so I think those could all be some sneaky trap games for them and yeah, I, I want to agree. agree. I, I want to agree with Chloe about that one. Crowd too. Yeah. I want to agree with Chloe about that one because Nebraska is one of the few teams in the league that really can match up with Mac inside. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And they always have a good home crowd too. They have great support for their, their women's sports there over in Lincoln. So I mean, gone over to a few games of, of different, uh, different times that I, I've definitely have seen that. Okay, cool. Anything else from either of you that you want to touch on, on the Indiana schedule? Nope. Not too much. All right, well, I'll put you on. I'll put you on the uh, spot here, Kathy. What do you have? Them, what do you have them for a conference record? You know what? I'll be honest with you. I haven't done it yet. I, ah. I've looked through the schedule and I've in, mentally done it, but I've not tallied it up. So um, probably somewhere around what you have, which I'm guessing you have what, around four, four, four or five losses. I have them fifteen and three. The th- I, have three. Them, I have them losing at Iowa, at Ohio State, and uh, and at uh, Maryland. Maryland. Yeah, I had those three, and then I just, to our earlier conversations, I think we're going to end up dropping one of those other road games, whether it's to Illinois, who gave us some fits last year, or Nebraska or something. I, I can see us dropping one of, one or more of those games. So that's why in my head I had four or five losses. So how about you, Chloe? Have you tallied any win-loss records for us on the um, Big Ten schedule? I haven't really tallied specifically, but I, I agree with Jeff that uh, Iowa – Maryland and um, forgot who Ohio, else State. Ohio State, Ohio State on the road yeah. could very well be losses. And I think going to Stanford in the non-conference schedule could be a pretty tough game, yeah. especially. That's actually the one non-conference loss I have yeah. them with. Yeah, I, so I have that one. Call. The, yeah, I, I I wonder about the Tennessee game. Yeah, I know we're here to talk about conference schedule, so we won't get into it much. I wonder about the Tennessee yeah. game, but we talked about that a few a few weeks ago. I think that it could be sneaky too 
for us as well, especially after beating them last year. They're, I'm sure they're going to have that in their minds. But all right, then well, let's move on to the um, one of the actually the now media and coaches both voted for Iowa to be the hands down conference winner this year, just coming out um, earlier today. So um, let's talk about that a little bit. So let me again give us quick uh, give an overview in terms of their double versus single play. So in terms of double play of the top teams, um, Iowa has Ohio State in um, Indiana as double plays. And then they only have a single play against Maryland. And I believe they play Illinois only once as well. Um, so um, Jeff, how about you go first this time? What are your overall thoughts just in general of the, the Iowa, excuse me, Iowa conference schedule? Well, I'm, I, I kind of disagree with the media, uh, my media brethren, I guess I would call us here on the doing the work. Um, I, I'm one, I think, I think Ohio state's the team to beat in the league. I, I, I appreciate everything Caitlin Clark does and she has the ability to carry a team. We know that, but I, I, I agree with what Chloe said earlier. I think the loss of Sonano is really going to be something that they feel against some of the better teams. And I just think that um, Kevin McGuff at Ohio state does an outstanding job. And I just think that, Ohio State to me is going to be the team to beat. But we were talking about this a little bit off air. I think maybe before Chloe jumped on, I'm kind of get her in, in interest. Very interesting that the Big Ten schedule is the last weekend is Ohio State at Iowa. And it kind of tells you, kind of like IU at Iowa last year. And that ended up really, it ended up not being the conference title game, but it sure might as well have been because that was that that game's going to go down a little bit almost as a legend. Obviously, Caitlin Clark made the shot, but I mean, it was a great game in Big Ten annals. But I, I think they're kind of looking the Big Ten kind of looking that same way they think ohio state and iowa but um you, you, you like i said I, I thought chloe and i'll be like chloe go you know because again she gives a little better insight into iowa since she was covering them the last couple of years but you know obviously they can beat anybody on any given night and, and, and when caitlin gets hot they can beat the elite teams as well but um i, I just you know I, I i agree though i think the schedule plays to their advantage a little bit they don't have as mm -hmm. many tough double plays uh you look down the stretch in those last seven games, they, they are in the same boat. They get four home games, Penn State, Michigan, Illinois, and then finish with OSU at home. So I, I, I was going to be right there. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I really think IU, Iowa, Ohio State are probably just a little bit the top three. Maryland, I have a little bit more of the fourth place team. Again, Britta Free is a good coach. But I, I'm just leaning right now a little bit toward Ohio State. But I, I was right there. They could, they could win the league. But right now, if you ask me, said, who, who am I picking to win the league? It's Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah. Chloe, what do you, do you have any overarching thoughts on Iowa or anything that Jeff just mentioned? Yeah. I mean, I agree with, uh, they are not going to be able to replace Sonano. Caitlin even said this morning they had their, their media day and I was following along a little bit that it took her and Monica a year or two to like actually really gel well together for Caitlin to do those behind the back, no look passes and for Monica to know to look for them. So I think whoever they put at center, coming up in this year, whether it be Addie O'Grady, it'll likely be Addie O'Grady or Sharon Goodman. Um, I don't think they're going to have that innate sense yet. And at that point, it's not going to be enough for them to really have that, like have that ability to overtake teams at the last second, like they did against Indiana last year, which Caitlin taking that three-point shot was their like third choice, I believe. They wanted to get it to Monica first and then get it to McKenna. And then she, Caitlin was like the last ditch effort and somehow went in. Very wild when yeah. I was watching that. But <laughs> um, I I don't think they're going to have as much of that ability to, you know, 
close out those really close games this year against OSU or IU or even close games against Illinois. I mean, they lost Illinois last year, even. Yeah. So it's going to be a different team. They're still going to be very good, but mm. not as good as they were yeah. last year, obviously. Absolutely. I, I, yeah, I have the same same thoughts as both of you, too. I, I wonder, with the replacement of those two players, how I was going to do it. And so um, so maybe, Chloe, I'll ask you this. Do you think some of those preseason rankings are then just more holdover from what people saw last year, making it to the championship game, as opposed to really thinking about you know what the loss of Sonano and Warlock is going to be and how they're going to replace them? Um, because I, I wonder about Iowa's depth, too. We, you know, Next week, Jeff and I are going to dive into Iowa um, a lot more in terms of a deep dive into their entire schedule and, and roster. Not having done that yet, do you feel like they're going to have the depth that maybe they had last year? I don't think people, it's not, I think it's more of, it's or it's less of them kind of riding the high from last year and more of them not really realizing what losing Sonano actually means for Iowa because I, like, they have a four replacement in Hannah Stelke, and Hannah Stelke can also play the five, but she is not kind of on that sense with Caitlin. A lot of it with Caitlin is just having that sense because she just kind of throws passes, lobs them like football sometimes down the court. So it's kind of just having that chemistry that they're kind of overlooking that that's something really big to lose more than just like having the player losing, they're losing the chemistry as well. Right. Yeah. And in terms of schedule for a bit for Iowa too, I, I do think again, they got a little bit luckier um, if you will, mm-hmm. than um, Iowa state in Indiana, right. We've talked about the double plays and, you know, Iowa only has, has Maryland as their single play against those expected top four. Um, and then they have, you know, double plays with us in Ohio State. And um, Jeff, do you remember off the top of your head, is the Maryland game for them at home or is that a way? Um, I got to pull up here. I can find uh, I'd it. have to look. I, I can't remember. I, I want to say it's in it's in in uh, it's in Iowa City, but don't quote me on that. The other thing, though, is let's face it, though, if I was in, you know, it's in Maryland real quick. OK, yes. so if I was, though, in that top of the league type, you know, if they're in that battle, that game, you know, that game and the other games where they're going to have sold out crowds is going to that there, there's a little bit of that that crowd that's going to be able to push them to a little bit higher level. But I, I just think right now, I, I, I agree with Chloe. I just, Caitlin can do a lot of things, but I just think that as the season kind of goes along, you'll feel the miss the 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 lack of the presence of Monica Sonano more yeah. and more against some of the better teams. I they're still going to be, I still think they're going to win. 14, 15 league games. Don't get me wrong. Maybe yeah. even 16, but I, I, like I said, I just can't right now. I'm, I'm looking at JC Sheldon and, 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 and the McMahon girl at Ohio state is to me, those two can really, they can almost be to a certain degree. It's not the same, but they could very much be, they could be very similar to a Sonano and, and a, uh, and a Clark. Caitlin Clark. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think the one thing, you know, the the factor for Iowa that we can't discount either, of course, is their home crowd. We already know right. through season tickets, they've already sold out all of their games. So they've always brought it, uh, you know, with uh, the crowd. And so it, it, I do expect nothing different this year. So I think that'll definitely play in, in their favor with their home schedule. So so we've we've talked a lot about Ohio State already. So let's just go ahead and talk some more about them in terms of their schedule. I think um, to me, Ohio State seemed to get um, the worst draw between the top three, if you will. So they got double plays against Maryland, Iowa, and Purdue all mm-hmm. coming up on their schedule. And um, while, you know, again, maybe Purdue's not expected in that top half, um, you know, it, it, you just never know what you can expect from them either. Um, this year, I expect them to, to take a step forward. Um, their last seven games, though, um, so they have, uh, we already mentioned the Iowa game at home or excuse me, at Iowa to end the season. But the other last seven games, they only have Maryland at home of those really top teams that are, are coming in. Although they do have Nebraska, it's that home game again. So I, I think they're they're backloaded probably a little less than maybe Indiana is. But um, how about for you, Chloe? Have you looked a whole lot at Ohio State's Big Ten conference schedule yet? Um, I haven't looked too much at it, but I think really from what I've seen of Ohio State is that they can they can really cripple anybody with their full court press that they love so much. We yeah, saw that point. in the Big Ten tournament against Indiana that fourth quarter. Um, that I guess the entire second half for Indiana was kind of just crippling for that. Yeah. And it's happened with Iowa as well with the full court press. And I don't know how Big Ten teams haven't game planned for that yet because it seems to work a lot of the time. But that's, that's the big thing when I think about OSU is their full court press that right. is very, very crippling. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, and they, they have can... returning – Sorry, go ahead, Jeff. Well, I was just gonna say, and they can just turn you over so fast, yeah. and and then it yeah. just it just kind of snowballs. Like yeah, like Chloe said, that's kind of what happened to IU in the Big year. Ten tournament. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know they've got the returning freshman of the year with Cody McMahon, and you know she takes the sophomore leap from what she was doing last year, especially towards in the year. That that's a that's a scary team to me. I I, I agree. Um, I don't know if I've specifically said it out loud, but to me. If I'm picking today, I'm picking Ohio State as well to, to kind of win the league. I just think they're really going to be a tough out, um, again, assuming everyone stays healthy for them. Exactly, Kathy. That's where I was going. Ohio State has been the one team that's really had to fight the injury yep. bug over the last couple of years. J.C. Sheldon, Sheldon was probably the prime example, missed a big chunk of last year, got healthy right toward the end of the Big Ten season, the Big Ten tournament, and the NCAA tournament. And all of a sudden, I should say all of a sudden, but people were like, where'd Ohio State come? Well, when when they had their full complement, especially a healthy J.C. Sheldon, they were one of the better teams in the league, if not the country. Yep, absolutely. Um, Jeff, any other overarching thoughts on Ohio State? Um, again, I know next week we'll be doing a deeper dive into them as a team, but anything else on the, the schedule? Uh, not on the schedule. I do know that they were showing in the, the workaholics here in the chat that they did get an all ACC defender, uh, defensive player to come in on yep. a transfer portal. So we'll, so again, we're going to take a deeper dive, but again, so they've added, you know, they, you know, not just added, they added an all league type defender. So, um, so we're going to, we're going to we'll, we'll talk about them next week. But I, I just really like Ohio State, and especially like you would just talk about if if that team can stay fully healthy, that's that's my team to, yeah. to win the league, at least on paper right now. That doesn't mean I'm anti Hoosier here. It just means that I think on paper they're the best team in the league. 
Yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, let's um, touch on the kind of what, you know, we've, I think uh, both agreed on, uh, all of us agreed, <laughs> maybe in that kind of four slot is Maryland. So mm -hmm. Maryland has some double plays with us, Ohio State and Illinois. In terms of their, their back end of their schedule, um, they have the last seven games, they have Rutgers, Illinois, Penn State, Rutgers again, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and then they end the season with us coming in, um, or is, it, is that in Bloomington? It's in Bloomington. Okay. Yes. Okay. I had that backwards in my head. So, um, so yeah, so that's a tough game to end on, obviously away and in, into assembly hall, but their home games, you know, they have Wisconsin coming in Penn state. I mean, otherwise, otherwise they're back seven games are, are a little lighter. So I think it's going to be their January schedule that might make or break Maryland's coming in. Yeah. And more their, likely you games. get Rutgers twice in the last seven games. If you're in right. freeze, you're loving that. Yep. Absolutely. Chloe, what are your overarching thoughts on Maryland? Yeah, it is interesting. They get Rutgers twice in, I think, what is it, four games? Yeah. I also think yeah. kind, kind of a little bit off topic, Rutgers has really just fallen off in the past couple of years after Steve Vivian Stringer retired. It was right. kind of just immediate how they dropped off. So two years yeah. ago, I would say that's a tough schedule, but it's not really anymore. But yeah, other than that IU game, I think they have – and that OSU game, um, they have kind of an easy road to the end of the season. And, you know, they did lose Diamond Miller, obviously, but they have Cheyenne Sellers now. And Brenda Freeze always seems to have a WNBA caliber player to call on, like after Christy Tolliver left and then Alyssa Thomas left. Now Miller's gone and now they have Sellers to kind of pick up all that slack as well. So it seems like they always have someone to replace or someone as a professional caliber player to replace whoever yeah. left. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we know we have Cheyenne Sellers, but um, yeah, well, I think she's got a lot of new pieces again, but you know, she did last year as well to your point. And, you know, she's just such a great coach. I, I fully expect that they'll be right there um, towards the, the top, top half and for sure. I just think not, there's also some of that. I'm sorry. I just think there's some of that aura for uh, that aura. Any other aura thoughts on Maryland? Yeah, I just think there's some of that aura of going to Maryland where most teams haven't ever won. I mean, IU hasn't won in College Park. So it's it's teams sometimes get in there yeah, and it's like we've, we've never won there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like uh, we're at Maryland. So even if Maryland's down just a little bit, I think that, you know, people, there's still kind of that you know mystique of Maryland basketball for the, on the women's side that carries them sometimes against teams. And so I'll be interested to see that. Yeah. Well, let's touch just a little bit on Illinois. Um, they get double plays with us and Maryland, so they don't have Iowa twice. I don't believe they have Ohio State twice. Um, coming down the stretch, um, in terms of the last seven games, they do have um, their one game with Iowa is in late February on the 25th, um, and they have us stuck in there on February 19th. Other than that, and they do have Maryland at home. So, yeah, I guess of their seven games, they do have three the top three teams um, that are um, – all coming well two of them at home maryland and indiana and then iowa away so they do have three top teams coming in that last uh from february 11th on so th they're gonna have quite the road to, to get through as well but you know i think illinois made a lot of great strides last year and i think they have a really good new coach and so i i expect illinois is going to be up there giving as you mentioned chloe they beat um, iowa last year and i think we'll see that a couple more times from them so i don't see that they're gonna 
be anywhere near the top three or four per se, but I think they're going to be knocking on the door and, and should make the tournament. But Chloe, how are your thoughts on Illinois? Yeah, I think Illinois could be a trap game for any top team that comes to them. They made it into the tournament last year. They were, I think they were a playing team and they, they lost that, but they still made it into the tournament. And I think they have that same expectation coming into this year. So they do have Maryland and IU and Iowa kind of going into that last part of the season, as you said, but they could win all, not all of those games. They could win one of those games, one or two, and it could be one of those kind of just upset thing they need to get themselves on the map like they did with Iowa last year. Yeah, absolutely. Jeff? I I just I totally agree with what Chloe said and what you were saying a little bit about Illinois here. I only thing I will say about Illinois is and I haven't again, we haven't really done deep into their to their roster yet, but based on what they were returning from last year, they were a little bit undersized up front. Now Kendall Bostick, kid from Indiana, who you know, you know, one of the best rebounders in the Big Ten last year, but still a little bit undersized up front. So that may be an area where if teams can uh, can handle their guard play. Because their guards are good. Their guards will put some pressure on it and stuff. But I think that that undersized front court that they had coming back, that that's going to keep them from maybe making that step into the top three, you know, or so. But there, that's a program right now that you got to feel like is on the rise. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Jeff, you mentioned guard play, and we, um, Chloe, in case you didn't know, we are live on YouTube. We have some people mm-hmm. chatting along um, with our conversation. We have a couple of folks in the chat that are are kind of talking about Indiana's guard play, and you know, with the lack of grace this year. And having some, you know, of our freshmen coming in that are unknown commodities, um, we have at least, you know, one person, a couple people are in chat that think that might be where our weak spot is, is in our guard play. And as we, you know, hear so often from Coach Tonzoni on Assembly Call, it's a guards game. So um, what are your overall arching thoughts about, you know, do you think that our guard play might be a limiting factor for us? We, we mentioned that might be a strength for Illinois. How about on our side? I think it could be a little bit like we're not sure who's going to start in Grace's place at this point. My prediction is is that it's going to be Sarah Scalia, Um, but kind of the depth at guard is going to be a little bit of a problem, I would think, for IU this year, at least at the beginning of the season to see how that kind of plays out. Yeah, I, I think it's going to depend on, um, as mentioned, you know, with our, our freshmen coming in. But I, I also think, you know, Lexi is is a wild card, too. What kind of leap can she make from last year to um, her sophomore year? Will she have a good, you know, sophomore um, stepping up for us and that sophomore breakout that sometimes we see? But um, I don't know, Jeff, what what are your, you know, kind of thoughts on guard play and expectations for Indiana? Yeah, I just think we're going to see more of Chloe at the point, that you know, kind of like we saw when Grace was hurt. Last year, we'll see more of Chloe at the point, but I'm with you, and I agree with Joel, especially in the chat, that I think right now at point guard is kind of the question mark, per se, especially once you get past Chloe, but 
I, I'm I'm a big Lexi Bargesser fan. I, I really think she has some real potential, but she just needs time on the court and she's going to learn and she's going to make some mistakes that, you know, may cost, you know, I should say cost, but it, in, in a loss that, that, that leads to a loss or something like that. You just got to learn to you know stay with her. But I really think she's got a chance to be a pretty good point guard. We talked with Lene Beaumont in the summertime, Kathy, and, and yeah. I'm not sure I really see those two as point guard material. I think they're more wing type players. They can handle it a little bit, but I, I just think that it, the more depth you can build, and I think Kathy, or excuse me, um, uh, Terry Morin maybe trying to get to is a little bit more of a multi-ball handler system where she's not always having to rely on one specific point guard, and and I think that's where you can see that. But it just they they got to be able to guard. That's the one thing we don't know about Lexi, Lene, and and Jules. Can they? How how good can they guard against the elite? You know, guards like and wings like Iowa has or Ohio State has. That's what we'll just find out as we go through the season. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, with uh, some of those early challenges in our non-conference schedule, we'll find out probably pretty quick. So, okay, so let's round off um, some of the the non-conference talk that we have, which is with Purdue. Um, so the only double play of the top teams that Purdue has is against us. So very interesting turn of events, I think, there for for Purdue. So you know, I guess then that this the question then becomes is is coaching and and how much um, can their their new coach my brain just blanked on her name Kate, Katie Gerald's um how can Katie Gerald's you know get that team team really going here um you know I think they made some steps a little bit last year but I don't know Chloe any thoughts on Purdue our favorite team to talk about <laughs> yeah, we're not allowed to say good things <laughs> I think Purdue could really be a dark horse team this year they obviously also made it into the plan of the NCAA tournament and they have that pretty easy schedule as you mentioned with IU only, and then the one time they play Iowa is in West Lafayette. So I think what will really set Purdue apart is their non-conference game against Notre Dame in mm-hmm. December, which is a top 15 team. And I think how they compete in that is going to be like a good indicator of how the rest of their season is going to go. Yeah. Yeah, and they Jack? picked up they picked up the girl, the Reynolds girl from um, – Maryland, who who had, from South Bend, Washington, here, who had, had played last year at Maryland, she's coming back into Purdue. I think maybe had a foot injury last year at Maryland, didn't play a ton. But then her younger sister had already committed, had had, had also opted out. She had backed out of her commitment to Maryland and has come and went to Purdue. So she's picked up some some talent there. But I still think part of the thing that Purdue has to overcome again in a league that has good guard play anyway, but also has kids like McKenzie. And 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 McKenzie McKenzie Holmes and some other solid post players. Purdue's got to get better up front. But there, mm-hmm. Katie is Katie Gerald's again former Purdue player and, and, and Indiana All Star here, Beach Grove kid. I shouldn't call her kid; she's a woman now. But I remember when she was <laughs> playing and I was coaching. Um, she that you know she's getting that program back to where the Purdue fans expected it to be, which is a tournament team. Right. Yeah. And, you know, they do have that history, too. So to build on as well. So I, I I don't know exactly what to expect from this year, but I agree, Chloe. I think they could definitely be a dark horse that people need to to keep an eye on, unfortunately. Um, anything else from either of you two you want to touch on with the non or with excuse me with the Big Ten conference schedule or just Indiana in general before, you know, we kind of wrap it up and talk about what's coming up next? Chloe, I'll let you go first. What, what else is on your mind today? 
I'm not sure if I have much else on my mind. I see the chats talking about um, Mackenzie Holmes not being unanimous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that real let's quick. Let's go ahead and talk on that then. Go ahead, Chloe. Why don't you fill everyone in on on what our chat mob here is talking about, our workaholics. I, I believe she was a unanimous first team from the coaches. Yes. But yes. not from the media. Which Correct. is kind of – I would think she'd be a unanimous first team if she was first team All-American last year and she – Unless she is still hurt, I don't see why she wouldn't be a first team All Big Ten. Right. Yeah, I would like yeah. to know. Um, you know, I, obviously, I, I understand Clayton Clark was you, unanimous, and I just don't understand who else that you know um, they would have four other people that are going to knock Mac off of that list. Yeah. As you mentioned, she's was an All American last year, um, All Big Ten, All Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, and mm-hmm. it's not like she's going to come back and be worse, and she's not going to be on a worse team. Uh, so I don't understand that. My only explanation I can come up with is whoever from the media didn't vote for her maybe um, isn't like Chloe and came in and did their homework on the conference they're supposed to be following. I don't know. Jeff? <laughs> Yeah, we talked a little bit about this and text and message and and Twitter and, you know, uh, yeah, you're shaking your head about that one. Um, But I do want to ask Chloe and and, and Kathy, can I get your thought? The the media top five was kind of the five I I thought it was I it was um, Iowa, Ohio or the media was I Iowa, IU, Ohio State, Maryland. And I want to say Purdue or uh, Illinois, Illinois, I think. Yeah, Illinois. I think Illinois. But yeah. the coaches had Michigan at fifth. So I, am I overlooking Michigan or or the coaches know something? You know, I say, you know, they know way more than I do. But I'm just not sure I see Michigan as a top five team with the things with the players they lost. Yeah, I, I was I'm kind of surprised to hear that, too. So I, I don't know enough about Michigan, I guess. Um, or maybe they've got a really great schedule <laughs> in the conference that they're like lending that to you. I don't know. Chloe, do you have any thoughts on Michigan? I really don't have any to add, to be honest. I, I don't really have a lot of thoughts either, honestly. I, I was kind of surprised to see them in the top five. I thought it was going to be Purdue or someone, right. someone yeah. else on the top, but. I don't know. I guess coaches might know more. They might. Michigan was very good a couple of years ago, so maybe that's yeah. kind of a little trauma from a couple of years ago. So, yeah, yeah, we'll see. So I guess we'll find that out. So, yeah. Other than that, any others? Any other surprises from what you saw in the media or the coaches' poll? I don't think so. Not for me. me. I, I just want to say this about the schedule. We can talk about the top teams and who and who all were playing and, and kind of those matchups. But I think right now you also got to realize if any of these top teams, the IU's, the Ohio State's, the the the, the IU's, the Ohio State's, the Iowa's, throw Maryland in there. If they lose to any of those teams, they're going to be toward the back end of the league. If they're losing to Northwestern, Wisconsin, if they drop a game along the way to somebody like that that's almost like a double loss because you just got to figure everybody else is running the table against those. So keep an eye out for some of those games. Cause sometimes those are, you know, we talk about trap games a little bit with Purdue and Illinois, but sometimes you get a game on a Tuesday night, a Wednesday night where you've played on a Sunday against say one of the yeah. best teams, you got another good team coming up on the following Sunday. So you're kind of like, really, I got to go to Chicago middle of the winter and, and I got to play North, you know, and all of a sudden next thing you know, you, you lose a game you probably should have won. I, I, those are the kinds of games I'm going to be keeping my eye on. Yep, absolutely. I agree. 
All right. Well, before we wrap it up, then, Chloe, one last chance. Anything else? <laughs> I think I'm all good now. <laughs> all right. Hey, me too. Kathy, before we wrap this up and move on to, to what's yep. up next, uh, but let's do talk a little bit about IU in terms of scheduling. Got some primetime games. I mean, they got they got a couple games on Fox. They've got a couple games on FS1. Some um, uh, now their thing, and, and we've already seen some of this on Twitter. Uh, Peacock is taking over some of the 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 Big Ten schedule, and so IU the women especially are going to be on Peacock several times. Um, I'm 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 a cord cutter. I will say this: we've been having this conversation with some of the people on Twitter. I'm a cord cutter. So I'm, I've already had my Peacock account because I was watching Premier League and stuff. But I'm looking, I'm, I'm just glad that the women are going to be playing to me. I don't have to go find them on BTN Plus all the time. That, so yeah. That's my opinion. But I'm, I'm interested what you and Chloe think about them being over on Peacock. Yeah, I, I am the same way, Jeff. I, except I don't have Peacock, but I have a friend who does. And so I, um, know I have access um, to be able to get to it. Um, I, I would hope that the Peacock production is better than Big Ten Plus. No offense to all of our, our media students. They do a great job as much as they can, but we know that Big Ten Plus is not always the best quality when it comes to the basketball games. And so I would assume that Peacock is definitely going to be better than that. Um, so I don't have a problem with it. I mean, if we're no. wanting to have these Big Ten conference media rights, although I wanting to is maybe a, a strong phrase to use, but if we have it, right, it's reality and this it's is where money. we're going to be. And yes, and, and NBC is not going to put this on NBC and think that they're going to get money back. This has been in the contract forever. We knew it was coming to go to, to Peacock in particular. So um not surprised at it, but yeah, I hope that the quality is better than what we are getting out of some of the Big Ten Plus games. <laughs> so yeah, I Chloe, like and over your thought? Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Go ahead, Chloe. Go ahead. I, I've dominated. Yeah. yeah, I thought a lot of the same things that you two thought about Peacock. And I saw a lot, um, especially about the Iowa coming to IU on February 22nd. That one's on Peacock. And yeah. everyone was wondering, why is that game on Peacock? Like, it's going to be a big game. And I was like, that's the reason. Yes, exactly like, why. Yes. You, you want it. people to pay, what is it, $5.99 a month. Yeah. And then forget pay five ninety nine once, then forget to cancel it. So you just keep getting more money. Yeah, yeah. Or find maybe they like other content on it and stay a lifelong customer. Who knows? But well, that's yes, you're said. absolutely right. And I was a lot on Peacock. I noticed when I was looking at their schedule, there's a lot of the Iowa women games on Peacock, and we already know the following that Iowa women's basketball have. So of course they're going to pick some of these marquee women's games to put on Peacock. So yeah. And and let's face it, even the IU men, that Purdue game, the Purdue game at Purdue, is it the game at Purdue or the game at IU is on Peacock. Yeah, the, one of the, the two on the yeah. And let's face it, it's national. And and I will say this again, I, I, I'm I'm not necessarily trying to be a cheerleader for Peacock, but to me, that's a national broadcast. Now yeah. you're gonna have to pick it up, you know, you're gonna have to get the stream, but it's available to everybody who has the Peacock stream. It's all over the country. To me, that's a positive for Indiana women's basketball is that as many people across the country might be able to watch it. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. So I don't have any issue with it. Um Yes, uh, you know, like I mentioned, you know, I share a lot of our streaming stuff already with with friends and and family and stuff. And as long as we continue to do that, it is still cheaper to me than having to pay for DirecTV or cable. So, um, and just the flexibility of it, you know, like last night, I took my phone up and I was watching the end of a playoff game as I was getting ready for 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 bed, a baseball game, and I couldn't do that when I had DirecTV. I couldn't just carry my phone and watch my TV with me around my house. So, um, there are a lot of other benefits I think to streaming. So, 
All right, then, Jeff, do you, are you ready to take us out of here then? Gotcha. Little, little Bob Thompson. All right. So coming up next for doing the work specifically, our next episode will be next Wednesday, October 11th at the same time, 8 Eastern, 7 Central. Um, Jeff and I do plan on having a show from here on out every Wednesday up until the season starts. And then, of course, we will um, most likely have game, post-game shows after a lot of the big games. Some of the other non-conference games we might combine into some post-game shows into, you know, like we did last year, multiple games. But next week, we are specifically, as we've alluded to throughout tonight, taking an in-depth preview of uh, some of our top teams, and we will start with Ohio State and Iowa. So we got into quite a bit of it tonight already, but we will really take a deep dive into both of their schedule, look at Especially newcomers, look at who's who's left, we'll look at their non-conference schedules, so hopefully you all can join us then. Um, the assembly call on the men's side will be on this Thursday with their normal weekly show tomorrow night, and also on the Back Home Network is Crimson Cast. Um, they are doing a a lot of podcasting right now um, about um, Indiana football. So if you don't follow them, that's a great place to get your football um, information. But they are also really good on the the basketball, men's basketball site as well. So and, that covers the back home network. And aren't they coming up on their thousandth episode? Yes, that's right, Jeff. Thank I you. I can't imagine. Yes. I don't even know what our number is. I never kept count. No. Like, you know, they... <laughs> we never did keep count, so we'd have to go back in time. Uh, but yes, they are coming up on their 1000th episode of Crimson Cat. So congratulations to Galen and Scott on that and, um, and I'll always take a listen to that. So um, for us, though, if you want us to want to see our show live, you can be part of our live chat, which is going on right now. We call them our workaholics. Um, and so make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can do that at youtube.com slash assembly call. Um, if you want to be part of our private community, community um, you can find out more at assemblycall.com slash community. We have all kinds of great discussions in there about men's basketball, women's basketball, football, um, Ari Schifrin keeps us up to date on all other kinds of um, sporting events between soccer and volleyball and everything that's going on in Indiana. So come and join that community today if you're not. Special thanks to John Ringer of Riggs Design for designing our logo. A big thank you to Bob Thompson for our new music that you heard a couple of times in our broadcast. But most of all, thank you all for listening and coming into our show, whether you're in the chat live or you're listening later on your own. And most of all, Chloe. Thank you so much yep. for joining us tonight for the first time. And hopefully we'll be able to, to steal your time again some other time <laughs> to have you on another show. Really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. So until then, we will um, talk with you again in a week. But until then, keep your elbows in, your eyes on the rim, and let's go Hoosiers. All right. Hey, nice job, everybody. All right. Yeah. Great, Chloe. Hey, shout out to my son, Daniel. My son, my son Danny, got got his first exceptions today today to Mizzou. So oh, nice. 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 What does he want to study? Journalism. I mean, he's journalism. Do, All right. He's, but he wants to do more of the TV side of it. Yeah, that's awesome. And, so, Chloe, um, Indie Star, you're mainly in print, right? Yeah. Um, would you ever want to think about going over to something more in radio or television? Or do you, do you like kind of that mint, no. mint print media? <laughs> I kind of like print. I, yeah. 
I'm not too good at thinking off the top of my head or forming words, I would say, off the top of my head. <laughs> but so you did great I, tonight, so great. maybe you can rethink that. <laughs> I, I like to write something down and I'm like, all right, I don't like that. And I can rewrite yeah. it before yeah. I send it off. So, awesome. Chloe, you mentioned doing some stuff with the Colts. I mean, again, I, I realize that the star probably has a little bit of all hands on deck on a Colts, especially home game. So, but do you do like the visitors or do you have a certain thing they ask you to do with the Colts with the Colts coverage? Um, it kind of depends. I usually go out to their practice, to their practice facility on Wednesdays. Um, and I did just do a big story on their turf and. Oh, you did that. I saw the headline. Yeah. On their turf and how it sucks. And, but they're not going to replace it or they're replacing it, but they're not going to replace it with grass. They're replacing it with a different kind of turf. So I know a lot about turf now. <laughs> a lot about the specific different kinds of turf. I guess I never, yeah. I don't pay that much attention, but I did not realize <laughs> it's considered to be the worst turf in the NFL. Yeah. The, the slit film turf is um, apparently the worst turf in the NFL. And like the NFL PA put out a statement that was like, if you're not going to go to grass, at least go to this monofilament style turf. Is this the is this the same style field that Rogers got hurt on? Um, I I think so. MetLife is apparently like the worst turf in like ever, from what I've heard. Gotcha. Yeah, got it. So well, I think maybe we'll let you go though, Chloe. Yep. And yeah, if you are up to it, yeah, we do a post game show live after almost every game, especially the big ones. So if you're up to it and you feel like trying your hand again at some live YouTubing and give us your on the spot thoughts about a game, we'd always love to have you. We're always looking for some new people to come on and balance Jeff and I out. So (laughs) yeah, be glad to have you. You were great tonight, Chloe. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And good luck with the, and good luck with your, your covering the IU women. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be reading. Thanks. You'll be great. All right. Bye. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.